Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing another young person doing amazing things. If you're a longtime listener, a loyal listener to, to all of these episodes, God love you. <laughs> but uh, if you're a loyal listener, um, you know that uh, it's been several months ago, probably six months ago, I interviewed a 16-year-old epidemiologist who talked all about you know COVID and writing a, a textbook for, for young uh, young learners, all about that. This one, another young person, this one's not 16, this one's 14, who's actually already written 14 books, and not, you know, not picture books, 14 chapter books, 14 novels that, you know, if you read the description, could be, you know, any book from from an an adult, they're kind of those... There, there's several different versions, several different kind of genres that she's in, uh, but I think that her main genre is kind of a you know the dystopian world. So you know, look at some of the the big blockbuster movies here recently have been kind of set in that type of thing. So I think you're gonna really, really be impressed by uh, Shanti, uh, the the author Shanti Hutchinson. Hopefully, I said her name correctly there. Um, I was worried about it in the interview too. You'll hear. Uh, but uh, she's just a, an amazing person. At 14, already have you know pen to paper 14 books and long books. Just an amazing person. I think you're gonna just hear the passion behind her writing just in in listening to her. She's just so 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 cool. I really really appreciated speaking with her. Uh, I I know she's gonna do great things. She's already got that uh, you know that background. I can see her getting really big and being a, a, a best-selling author and then people are like whoa she's got you know <laughs> by that point she's got you know 30 books from the past that I can read so I I really think this is uh, this is just the the beginning for for Shanti so I think you're gonna enjoy this one whether you're you know a, a book lover whether you like just an awesome story and what's better than a 14 year old that has just taken the literary world uh, by the by the horns here. So I think everyone uh, can can find a, a reason that this one's a really really cool interview. Without further ado, here is my interview with Shanti Hutchinson. I'm here today with Shanti Hutchinson. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I don't I don't ever really hide. You know the the beforehand thing. I we, I wanted to practice your name. I said your name correctly, right? Yes. Good. Well, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to talk about your being an author and writing quite a few books and at a, a relatively young age. And, but uh, before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about, about yourself kind of outside of uh, maybe the, the literary world, so to speak. So um, I'm 14 years old, so I have a lot of interests that normal teenagers have. I um, sometimes like to go skateboarding. I like to go um, on walks to the beach. Actually, this is not a surprise to anyone, but like one of my biggest interests outside writing is reading. I love to read books. I have hundreds of books in my room and I've read most of them. And it's like something that I think kind of correlates with the writing because it helps me improve my writing and also helps me get, get new ideas and kind of see what other authors are doing. No, that's that's awesome. I 
I mean, I, I, I'm not I, probably as big a reader as you are, but I do have a bookshelf and there are a good little chunk of, of probably, I mean, maybe early chapter books. That I just remember reading as a kid and it's almost just nostalgic. Whether I'll ever read them again, probably not, but I just like to to have them. So I, I get that for sure. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about, uh, you know, about your, your writing. But before we get to that kind of the what created your passion for it, obviously you're 14 years old. I never, I, I've interviewed some, some younger people before that's doing some really cool things. Never like to really super dwell on people's age because, you know, I, I think that's kind of a almost discounts what people are doing sometimes that, Hey, I, you know, it's not that I'm just because I'm 14. And even if I write a, uh, you know, a crappy book, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily matter. I think you're putting out good work regardless of what age you are. So don't want to necessarily dwell on that, but I do want to kind of talk about what created this passion for writing. Most people at your age probably are just now maybe finding that passion, but you've already been doing it for a long time. So the earliest time I remember writing was in the first grade and um, it was during free choice. And I've talked about this a lot, but um, I just decided I wanted to make a book, not really write it necessarily because for the most part, it was just pictures and like a few words. Um, I was five years old then. So it just, it wasn't that great, but I ended up stapling it together and it was my book. And after that, over maybe up until third grade, um, I kept rewriting it and kept making new versions of it and kept making these little booklets that, um, of course, at some point um, changed into more written things that I got to type on the computer. So what, you know, you talked about how that first book was more kind of a picture book. What, what, at what age did you, do you, did you write, you think you, your first, not necessarily just a, uh, easy story, you know, the, the cat jumped over the log or whatever, but something that actually was kind of cohesive and a nice story from, from beginning to end. When did, when did that start? Third grade is okay. I started writing these books that had a beginning, middle, and the end. It's like, I think the book I did in like second, first grade, it had this story, but it wasn't, it didn't exactly make sense. It was more the cat meets this character, this character tells the cat, the cat has to do something, and then the cat does it, the end. Um, but this one had kind of more of a plot to it. I think it was called Strider in the Two Worlds. Don't get me wrong, I might be wrong. I haven't seen it since um, like maybe fifth grade is the last time I ended up rereading it. And I don't actually remember the plot. It was probably a ripoff of some other book, but it had, you know, the plot points, it had the characters, it had a villain that was actually a developed character. And I've thought about rewriting it at some point. Um, unfortunately, I've moved twice since then, and it would be a little hard to dig it up. But it's one of those stories that I feel like definitely was kind of milestone for me and paved the way for other um, stories that would eventually turn into books. Yeah. And I just, I just wonder exactly how it happened, where you went from you know, the regular writing that most people are doing. And, and most people, you know, at your age probably don't necessarily like writing at all. They, maybe they're, they're just getting into to wanting to read actual longer chapter books and all that kind of stuff where you've gotten to where you're at. So, I mean, when did you finally decide, Hey, I'm going to actually write a book. I don't know whether you, first of all, I don't know whether you, are you self-publishing books or are, do you have a publisher or how does that work? So until I turn probably around 16, I'm going to keep self-publishing books to get my work out there and get this like portfolio and this platform. And then if I'm not insanely successful self-publishing by then, I'll probably start querying agents and um, getting traditionally published. Though I think as a 14-year-old, that would probably be very hard and stressful. And it's something I was originally going to do. But like, I think right now I have to focus on building a platform uh, the most. 
So you, you do self-publish them. That makes it a little easier to obviously get them on paper, but not necessarily easier to get it in, in front of other people. But how did you decide that, hey, I'm going to start writing some some books with some some real substance behind them? Because these are I mean, these are these are regular length books for the, the most adults. I'm sure that you're are you writing most of your books? Are they young adult type books or are they books for, you know, for everyone or, or exactly where it is? I know they're they've got chapters to them anyways. So all of my books are um, categorized under young adult. Actually, the majority of them are I have one that's more older. But um, I do have a readership of people of all ages. I have adults reading and reviewing my books. And I have some teenagers around my age. And I have some people younger than me reading them. And honestly, for, I have like very you know, specific target audiences for all of my books. But I think like anyone can really read them as long as they're old enough to understand the plot. It's not going to bother them in any way. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about those books. We're kind of, we're talking about your, your process just a little bit, but what, I know you kind of dip in quite a few different genres and have things on, on quite a few topics. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the, some of the books and the, the topics that you, you cover. So the first actual novel I wrote, um, just for context in sixth grade, I had, you know, written another book with my friend it was a short story of never more of a novella actually there were two of them and they were really they weren't that great but they were better than anything else I or even my friend had written and we published those um which I'm probably going to take down at some point I have people still reading them and actually enjoying them very surprised about that and um but I wrote my first novel in, when I was 12 years old in the middle of the pandemic and it was called Biomock and it was about an alien invasion where all the characters are isolated in these biomes and that was kind of, I think, a uh, kind of representation of how the pandemic felt to a 12-year-old. You know, you're stuck in one place, you can't do anything. And I wrote that with the idea that it was going to be like another short story or novella. And it actually turned out to be a 250,000-word, 800-page novel. And it was insane. And 800 pages, almost 900, is a little long for a book, especially considering this could actually be multiple books. And I ended up splitting it into three books. And the first one's actually already published. And it's around almost 200, it's 250 pages. Yeah. But um, that like draft of Biomlock was kind of the first realization that I can write longer, better works and I can improve them and I can keep going back and editing them. And actually um, over the summer, I wrote a fourth Biomlock book. So I returned to the world. I want to ask you first about the, the novellas that you said you may, may not be there for much longer, but uh, I think you probably should keep them. It kind of shows you where you, where you came from. Obviously I look at some of these early podcasts that I do and think, Oh my gosh, those were, those were cringy. So I could, I can see where you're at there, but what were they about? Um, so that there, there were the two, they, I called them Odyssey and they were about a cat that gets transported to another world. They were in, um, a very strange way they were very similar to the first book I ever well not the first book I ever wrote but that like first memory I have of writing in what I wrote there they were very similar to and I published them just because I wanted to get the um book in my hands but um they were about this cat that gets transported to another world it's like I could really only write about cats then those were like like cats I guess I read a lot about cats and I had trouble writing about actual people because people um, in many ways are a lot more complex than cat characters. So I said the cats. And the second one is very chaotic. There's some very deep lore to these books that my friend and I made before actually writing the book. So like the whole first part of the book is just, just this really long guide to the characters and the poems and all the lore. Mm -hmm. It was a very weird format where it was, I guess it was more like the lore 
was like half the book and then like this story was the other i mean it was very interesting and i have not reread them since i don't plan (laughs) i don't plan on it yeah Yeah. so let's talk about that that biome lock you said that you thought it was going to be a novella and then it turned into a, a huge book so what is your process with writing are you someone who outlines everything somebody who kind of wakes up every day and just sees where the characters take you or or how does that work for you? I am somewhere in the middle, but definitely more leaning to not outlining at all. For Biome Lock, I actually started writing it as a screenplay. I did not get past one line. I actually didn't even get past the plot um, because a screenplay is very different than a novel. And while I think I could maybe become a screenwriter when I'm older, it's not something that I've been like too focused on like achieving as a 14 year old. And I ended up rewriting it as an actual novel. And I did not have any ideas whatsoever what was going to happen. I had been very kind of planning out like one, the main character in my head very vaguely and just like the name and what he looked like. And that process, I think, actually allowed me to kind of develop him a little more naturally with what was going on in the story. And I, yeah, and then I added the backstories later. So let's let's talk about some of those other other books. I know you've written quite a few. So are, are most of them, I know at least one isn't, but is most of them kind of this, I don't even know the what you call it. Is it dystopian? I don't even know what you would call some of this, this type of genre, but I know it's not all that way. Yeah. The majority of my books are, I think are pretty much. I have one that's a little more leaning science fiction as opposed to dystopia. And I have one that's like totally post-apocalyptic dystopian. I'll talk about that one. But um, actually, after Biomlock, I did not go and write another dystopia. I wrote a series of kind of horror paranormal fantasy novellas. And I actually wrote these while I was writing Biomlock. And they're about um, 100 pages. They would be longer if the text size wasn't so small, but I did not know how to format a book then. <laughs> and um, these are very creepy, very weird, and they're very exciting, too. And they have probably the most fascinating plot out of any of my books. Um, they're probably one of my favorites to write. And actually, um, about a week ago, I finished writing another no- a novel that's like the villain origin story for that series. That one's a little slower, but it's still pretty interesting. Yeah. What? what so what are those books called? Um, so they're called The Chronicles of Zyle Delane. Uh, the first one is The Nightmare of Zyle Delane. And it was originally going to be a full length novel, except um, about 20,000 words into the book. I thought of this really kind of crazy ending when like I felt like we're starting to wrap up a little and maybe I should just wait and like pick things up again and I thought of this really awful ending it's really insane I love the ending of it but it's um something it's it's really something it's you know and I was just like oh I, my readers would hate me if I ended right here I'm gonna do it yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up writing the second book and the second book ends an even worse way than the first one and third one has a more calmer ending well, I guess we just have to pick them up and, and find out exactly uh, exactly what those that crazy ending is. So, well, name a, a couple mm-hmm. a couple of your other your other books. How many books have you written? I know there's quite I a have, few. I've written fourteen books and I've published Ooh. nine of them. Ugh, that's you. You've stayed busy. I don't. Well, before we talk about the other books, fourteen books. You're fourteen years old. What is that? What grade does that put you in? Uh, I'm in eighth grade. My birthday is in October. So I turned, oh. I'll turn 15 next October. Man. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just have, I guess, so many questions of how you fit in writing all of this. And then also your, your studies, I assume you're pretty good at uh, in English and fine arts anyways. Yeah, I am. I think for 
studying mainly, it's like I try to finish my writing very early on. I have um, I'm in my creative writing elective and I try to get done with my writing um, for the day during that elective. And if not, I'll kind of continue it at home. And that'll give me some time to like work on my homework, which I don't have much of, thankfully, or else I would be definitely not able to write this many books. You said that you try to get your writing done in, in your class. How often do you write? Is it a daily thing or, or, or what does your writing process look like there? I make sure to write 1,000 to 2,000 words every single day, and that's for school days. Over the summer, I will write 3,000 to 5,000 words. Generally, it's like 2,000. I wrote, I was writing 4,000 words a day on one of, one of my novels over the summer, The Axnell Insurgent, and I finished writing that novel in 16 days, mm. and this is a 350-page novel. It's pretty long. It takes a couple hours to read, and it took me 16 days to write. That's, that's crazy for sure. How does these, how do these ideals come to you? I mean, I, I feel like, again, I don't want to discount your age, but I feel like a lot of authors, you know, bring some of that life experience in it to figure out you've obviously maybe have slightly less given, given you're a little younger. So that just makes it actually more impressive that you come up with all of these things because it, you know, it really is just your, your creative, your creative thoughts. I get ideas from anything and everything, I will see something random going on in the street, or I'll just have like this random idea pop in my head. I think the Axel Insurgent is pretty fun. And also um, Zyle Delane, those both were kind of based on like images, especially Zyle Delane was based on um, like liminal spaces, um, those images of like kind of things that look like kind of nostalgic and kind of familiar, but you've never seen them before. And I use that to kind of make this vibe for especially um, Zyle where it's like, kind of creepy like nostalgic but in a creepy and kind of sad way hmm. so you're talking about you write at least a couple thousand words a day are you the, the type that are, are writing one book at a time and focusing on that are you focusing on a couple different projects at once and kind of going from wherever your your creative juices are flowing or how does that work i definitely try to be only writing one novel hmm. um though right now i'm actually um I'm writing a new, my 15th book, and I am editing my 12th book, um, The God's Right Hand. And that's another dystopian. It's pretty cool. I can talk about that. And I'm actually editing that one. I'm trying to edit five chapters a day. I'm kind of kind of slow on that just because of school. So I'm editing a few chapters, and then I'm going to, I'm writing my thousand words. So you're, I'm just thinking about your, your family, your parents, what do they think when you know, you, you probably, I don't know exactly, you can talk about it, but came to him at first that, hey, I'm going to write a book. And now you've just taken off and you've written, you know, numerous books. So where are they at in all this? You know, are they, are they thinking what in the world's going on? Are they, you know, behind you all the way? I'm sure they are. But let's talk a little bit about your, your family, because everybody's got to have a strong, strong, supportive family, I think, to do what you've done. Yeah, they're really, really supportive. Um, you know, they take me to drive to book. They drive me to bookstores. I have um, my mom helped me talk to bookstores about doing book signings, which is something that's like really on my mind right now. Um, I have them. Usually, I let them read maybe one chapter from the book, and usually, I'll make I'll maybe let them read until like something really important or a big plot twist happens, and then their free trial ends, and they have to wait till the book published <laughs> is published. Um, but yeah, they're some of the most supportive parents ever, and. Um, They've read almost all my books. It's kind of gotten to the point where I keep um, writing so many new books that it's hard to keep up. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could see that, too. I think that's kind of that's funny. Same thing. The only the only thing I can kind of relate and correlate that to is, is this podcast. I feel like, you know, my my family, my fiance, all that were 
they were behind it. And now, you know, I'm, this is, you know, 70 plus episodes in it gets hard to keep up. I mean, they, they do their best they can, but it's, it's hard sometimes. So I get that. Yeah. For sure. Do they, do they like all your books? Do they ever come to you and like, I can't believe you wrote this or where did you learn about this? Or, or did they ever give you a hard time about what you put in your books? Um, they definitely really like all my books though. Um, I don't, I don't know how much they like the um, amount of characters I kill off in some of my books. Um, I, I kill off a lot of characters in my books sometimes just um, because it helps move, move the story along. And it's something that like, especially with the Xyla books, it was, impo- it was essential to kill off a bunch of characters in order for stuff to happen in the book. And I don't know how happy my parents are about that. They might be a little concerned, but I mean, <laughs> it's fiction. It's not the worst thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, there are authors out there that even I like that I think, oh my gosh, that I don't understand how they get these ideas. It, it's kind of scary, but I feel like obviously that's it's it's just a creative process. But I, I could see where they they come from with that. You know, they they've yeah. got to sleep in the same house with you, and they they know that you know all these crazy ways to kill off people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's funny. That's funny. So I want you, I want to give you the opportunity. You're 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 talking a little bit about these different books, but I mean, just kind of give us a few, maybe that let's, let's, this may be impossible. Maybe it's not. If you have some, some that you, you think are, you enjoy more, uh, but a few that if somebody's wanting to check you out, uh, kind of maybe a a diverse look at, at a few different books that you have, tell us what they're called, a little bit of a synopsis and, and uh, just so people can kind of see the type of books that you're writing. So definitely, if you're looking to start reading my books, I would recommend starting with either The Nightmare of Zyle Delane or Biomalk, perhaps The Accidental Insurgent. Um, Zyle Delane is, it's not exactly more mature than the other ones. It's a little more darker than the other ones. And it is about a boy named Aaron. He, and he, he's um, 10 years old and it takes place in 2009 where he's out. It starts out with him playing with his friend, playing on, in the front yard of this manor. And what lies is there's a ghost in the window or they think she's a ghost. They don't really know. It's hard to tell. And what ends up happening is when he finally meets this ghost, um, very strange things start occurring. And he slowly um, finds himself whisked away into this like ancient, not really ancient, but like old plot um, in his town. And it has to do with magic and other worlds and scary magic, scary magicians. It's very interesting. And there's a lot I can't say without spoiling it, but it's very creepy and very exciting. How did you, I mean, where did that idea come from? You talk about how you get ideas from all over the place. Where did, where did that come from? Hopefully you didn't see a ghost in the window when you were playing outside. <laughs> um, that one came from um, just little images of like oddly familiar places and things that look like maybe they could be from a parallel universe from another world. And um, it kind of like embodies this idea of like kind of the unknown and all this like kind of creepy stuff. It's really interesting. It's hard to explain without spoiling it. And that's definitely one of the ones I recommend you start out with. I started writing this when I was maybe about 12 and I you know, finished it pretty quickly. And I think I was 13 by then. And I published it when I was 13. It was actually the first, I published this actually before Biomlock. And it was just something I put out there and it did pretty well. And then of course I recommend Biomlock. It is um, part of a four book, going to be five or six book series but the first three books are kind of like you don't have to read the fourth one if you don't want to the first three 
books kind of tie it all up. And um, the first one is currently out. It is about an alien invasion and it follows um, Griffin, Kira and Colette and some of their allies. And they're all teenagers living in the biome lock, which was created by the aliens who took over the world 30 years prior to when the book starts. And these aliens are scary and they have their secrets and their king also has his secrets. And it has um, kind of follows this adventure of these characters as they're discovering who they are and they're fighting sickness or aliens. And it is pretty long series. The books, the third book is significantly long. The other ones, I have the next two books printed, but of course these are the unedited versions of them. I don't know how to describe it other than it's very exciting and it's both kind of childish. It's both pretty like dark. And then, um, that one's definitely pretty good to read if you're like 12 or 13. There are a lot of topics in that that like 12 and 13 year olds have to deal with. And then of course the next one I recommend you could start out with. And you can start out with really any of these three um, is The Accidental Insurgent. And this is another dystopian novel and it follows Allie. And she lives in this society that's just <laughs> full of rules. And one of the main rules is you cannot be late to school. And um, of course, she's late to school. And in this society, it should also be mentioned that after you graduate the endmost school, which is basically high school, um, you have two years to prove your worth, kind of. And if you don't prove your worth in those two years, you're going to be killed. Except Allie might not make that far, make it that far. And even with the help of her friend Finch, it'd be really hard for her to survive, especially there's threats around every corner, and there's just this kind of small world where the reader will get to explore almost every inch of it. So do you think, I mean, do you think you, you are all these books you talked about though, the one series may be good for that, you know, that young adult look, are they all good for, for any readers or w- w- which one would be best for, for someone who maybe is, is an adult reader? I think um, perhaps the accidental insurgent and Biomlock is not for adults. It's more for kids. I do and actually the God's right hand, which is, um, it's not out yet, but it will be released very soon is another great one for adults. Though, if you're an adult and you're not looking for dystopian or science fiction, I would really recommend you read, you won't know her name. It has a new cover. This is my old cover, but, um, you won't know her name is it's technically a young adult book, but some of the topics are not, um, suitable for young readers. And it is based on a true story and it's a novel told in poetry. It's about bullying and it's about abuse and it's, very disturbing it's also empowering and powerful towards the end but it's um definitely actually the book most people start with though i don't recommend they do because it's kind of the one that you gotta like you know look up the trigger warnings for see if you can actually handle it before you read it or else you may not want to read my other books even though they are nothing like this one you said that a lot of people start with that one which which of your books is is maybe the 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 most popular with with readers not necessarily those who read all of your books, but I guess which one which one sells the most copies? Oh, 100% You Will Know Her Name. Um, you Will Know Her Name and its companion, I Know Her Name. Um, they sell a lot. Um, you Will Know Her Name sells significantly more than any other one of my books. And I think that also is because it has a new really pretty cover now. I just I don't have any versions of that cover on me right now. And it sells, right now the ebook is actually free. It has a couple downloads each day. I have some days where we'll randomly spike and get like a couple dozen downloads. I've had some days where it's gotten thousands of downloads in a single day. And the paper it sells, it sells, it sells a lot of paperbacks too. 
And I think it's probably safe to say that half of all the books I've ever sold have been if you want her name. That's kind of, some people may look at it as a bad thing just because, hey, I've, I've written so much else and this is what's getting all the traction. But again, I think that's going to help you. Even, even if, uh, you know, 10% of the people who read it go and look at your other books, that's still an opportunity to, to gain more readers. So I think that's a cool thing. What do you think, uh, as far as the way that you write, this may be hard for you to, to answer, and I'm sure this is, you know, your, your goal is to, to write, you know, at an extremely high level. Do you get a lot of people who, you know, maybe comment that I had no idea, you know, you were 14, you know, you write like an adult, or is it more, are you more kind of gearing your writing towards those younger readers? So you're kind of keeping it a little bit more basic, or how does that work? I get a lot of people say that I write like an adult, in that, um, like, they didn't realize I was 14 when they read my book, or I've had some reviews for my books that are like, think I'm an adult. And it's very strange for me, because I don't at all think of myself as an adult. I, I get very surprised when some people think I'm an adult. Um, for some of my books, I do try to kind of make the writing a little more readable. For The Accidental Insurgent, I wanted to make the writing a little more not overly descriptive, a little more easy to read, on in a way repetitive, but that's kind of like how the style is. And that was specifically because I think this book appear, appeals to like 14 year olds a little more than surprisingly Biomlock does. Biomlock is written in a very kind of wordy way, but it also allows for this really rich kind of development of the world. But for the most part, I think all of my books are kind of written at the same um, reading level. I get and you. come to think of it, um, You Won't Know Her Name is written in a way that's very easy to read and the poems are very easy to read. They're not overly like kind of, with similes and metaphors, they're very easy to understand. And that is specifically to get the story out without people having any questions. So how, I mean, how much do you think that this, you know, this writing, obviously it takes, you, you do it every day, but how much of it do you think kind of is defining you at the moment? I mean, are, is it something that you go to school and then people f- hear you're a writer and they're like, oh my gosh, they're surprised or is almost everyone knows, hey, you, you're the, you're the girl who writes all these books. People are generally really surprised when they find out, though definitely I am known as the kid who just wrote all these books and wrote the book, You Own Her Name, which takes place at our school. And um, actually, I don't know how many people actually know that. I have a lot of classmates who, you know, follow me on Instagram are like, oh my gosh, you're so cool. You're writing these books. And I've sometimes given um, some copies of my books to my classmates. I think my teachers um, were fairly surprised to find out about that when I uh, walked into their classes for the first time. But and I actually still have some teachers who are like, oh, hey, how's your book doing? And they remember like me when I was writing Biomlock. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, there's a lot more of them now. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's funny. So how uh, how can people find these books? You you I know that you self-publish. Where where can people pick them up? You, you mentioned a free book, I, I think, maybe on Amazon. So talk about uh, where people are going to find the books. Yeah, so all of my books are available on Amazon.com and other retailers. Um, the hardcovers for The Accidental Insurgent and You Own Her Name are on Barnes & Noble. And they're actually pretty much everywhere you can buy books online. Um, and yes, um, the ebook for You Own Her Name and the first, um, the ebook for the first um, Zyle Delane book, The Nightmare of Zyle Delane, is also free. So you can just pick those up for free and you can download them straight to your Kindle. Or if you have like um, Kobo or any of those other sites, you'll probably, you'll probably be able to find them there. And as for my other books, um, I Know Her Name, which is this, it's not the sequel to You Want Know Her Name. It's really just a collection of poetry. And um, that book will be free very soon. I'm not sure when yet, but probably when it's KDP Select Term ends. 
Yeah, well, very cool. I, I want to wrap it up in just a second, but I do want to ask you a question I've asked most, most authors, and I feel like you may be able to, to answer it best just because of you know, your, your youth. I think that's a, a helpful thing here. What, do you, what, what advice do you give to people who want to, to start writing? I've, I've interviewed people you know have been writing for 25 years, New York Times, bestsellers, those type of things, and their answers are good, but then again, I feel like they're almost so far removed from that early process that it's hard for them to tell people how to write that first, that first line. So what, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to start writing a book? Don't overly focus on what's going to happen in your story. Don't really spend all this time planning out your book, planning out a little detail before you start writing. Sit down, write your first line, and just write something interesting. Write what interests you, not what you think readers will like, because there, there might be some point where maybe you're not going to publish it, but you know, you're still going to have this book. And just, you know, your first line can change a thousand times. You can change every word of your book, but still, in order to change those things, you need to actually have the draft written. And I think just write out the scene, you know, maybe not even focus so much on this really exciting first line. Write what intrigues you, write your first scene, just come up with your basic character and then add in your developmental details as you go. And at some point you're going to have a draft done. And of course, um, I tell everyone, write every single day. It doesn't matter if you're writing 100 words or 1,000 or 500 or 5,000. Just write every single day and it helps you get in a routine. And it gets easier and easier. And it kind of like gives you this like, you know, it actually tricks your brain and like thinking, okay, if we're going to write today and we're going to do a really good job. No, I think that's that's awesome. So what, what do you hope that the... the the future holds. I'm sure writing, writing a lot more, but you've got, I mean, you've got high school to graduate too. And, and, you know, the future, I don't know, you know, college is, is in the plans, but what, uh, what do you hope the future holds maybe in, you know, the next five, 10 years for, for kind of your, your young adult area. And then what do you, what do you hope the future holds long-term? So um, I want, of course I want to stick with writing books. I want to start speaking at schools and helping people and probably teaching writing classes. And I think, like after college, I think I'm probably going to settle, settle into, you know, being an author. I'm hoping by then I can have a successful enough career that I won't have to worry too much about getting a job and I already have one. And I also do want to write movies and I want to do screenwriting. That's not something that I, I want to start like, you know, learning how to do that. But as of now, it's not, it's like, I want to really focus on these books and, you know, maybe someday they'll become movies. <laughs> and that's something I really, really want to happen. No, I think that that would be really cool for sure. Well, I've, I really appreciate talking to, with you. Amazon's where you're going to find the books. What's your, outside of the books, what's your connection points if people want to want to connect with you, if you even, if you even have that? Um, one of the biggest ways you can connect with me is through my website. You can contact me there and you can find all my books. You can find like everything there. And my website is shantihershenson.com, S-A-J-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Shanti Hershenson or TikTok at Shanti Who Writes. And those are great ways to get in contact with me. If you need writing tips, you can look at my TikTok. I post a lot. And I like helping other young writers. And I kind of like helping people understand that like, this is, this is not like something that's like, you know, you, you, can, you can do this too. It's not really as hard as it seems, I feel like. Maybe just because I've already done it, but it's, it's not like impossible. Uh, that's that's a that's a good advice kind of end it that i think it really you what you said earlier is kind of the the key that you know the a, a book doesn't start you know with 200 pages already done you it starts with that first line and 
and you can work as, as much as you, you need to, to, to kind of refine the, the whole process. So that, I think that's what everyone's afraid of. They, they think, oh my gosh, this, I got to write 200 pages. Well, no, you have to write one word first. So I, I think that's really, really powerful what you said there for sure. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So that was Shanti Hurtison. What a cool person. I, I'm just thoroughly impressed by her, just her passion for writing. And at such a, such a young age, she's just done amazing things. She's going to continue doing really, really cool things. I'm going to put a link to her Amazon page to check out her books. Several of them are free right now. So it doesn't hurt you at all to check those out. going to put a, a link to her website. Um, her other her other social media too all of these interviews ever you know the the links that they give are always in the show notes no difference here uh, I hope you enjoyed this hope you you learned a little bit about writing about the just the process from somebody who's doing it at, at such a young age is just filled with passion for it just it was it was really cool for sure um, of course check us out if you haven't already go uh, go follow us on Instagram not enough podcast like us on uh, on all of the things you can. I guess that would be Facebook. Subscribe, follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Go leave that five-star review. Maybe even write a review. That would be amazing. Always appreciate when you do that. Definitely appreciate you being here. Appreciate Shanti being here. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.